You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Here we have Huawei back in the news again. Now, Huawei <laughs> recently, they have two types of news. They have some really new cool gadget that's out that's really good, including their phones and everything like that, and their pioneering 5G technology, things like that. Or they have bad news where one of their CEOs or something like that has been arrested. They've been uh, linked with the Chinese government and that the, you know, cybersecurity and things like that. So, unfortunately, today's news is bad news again. So, um, the UK government cybersecurity watchdog has once again raised concerns about Huawei's security practices. Uh, it was in the Financial Times today. The report comes that uh, Huawei's cybersecurity evaluation centre, an oversight board that was organised by the UK's National Cybersecurity Centre, to evaluate the security risks posed by um, Huawei's equipment in critical national infrastructure. Yes, of course, as I was saying, they're they're very um, they're very. Uh, they don't just make phones and things like that. They make a lot of uh, very important equipment when it comes to mobile broadcasting and things like that. And especially with the upcoming 5G, they actually have a lot of patents on that technology that a lot of companies don't have. So that's why um, America are kind of struggling at the moment because they want to implement 5G as fast as possible. All the phone companies and everything like that get faster internet, things like that. But they need... Huawei's equipment and uh, the American government are trying to push for American companies to start developing the same equipment but Huawei are kind of ahead on a lot of that and they have a lot of patents in, of that technology so it won't be easy for them to do to find roundabout ways of getting faster internet uh, or faster mobile networks so uh, it does uh, what it uh, this this report anyway criticizes Huawei's basic engineering competence and cyber hygiene, as they call it. Uh, their security isn't strong enough, which could be exploited in a future cyber security attack. In particular, uh, it continued to find serious vulnerabilities in Huawei's products. Uh, several hundred vulnerabilities and issues were reported to UK operators to inform their risk management and remediation. Now, I notice a lot of these are like servers and things like that. The phones and things like that so don't seem to have uh, the same issues. So some vulnerabilities identified in previous versions of products continue to exist or things that they told them to clean up. But uh, I suppose the, the laws would be a lot stricter for certain products and I think phones would be under that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, but some of their, of course, they make so much different equipment that, uh, yeah, some of it is given isn't uh, security or isn't safe enough. Uh, I also notice here Spotify is in the news. Uh, Spotify, um, of course, subscription music service. They're testing a premium duo which is a discounted subscription for two. It includes a new playlist based on both your listening habits. So a couple can get a subscription together for a discount. It's testing the subscription called Premium Duo. Offers you two premium subscriptions for the discounted price of twelve forty nine a month. So you can have, um, what is it, nine ninety nine or six ninety nine at the moment? I have a subscription, but I'm not sure actually how much it is. I think it's six ninety nine a month. Uh, yeah, and it wasn't something I really wanted to do, but I use Google Home a lot. So um, 
Google Home, you have to either have Google Music or you have to have Spotify to be able to ask it to play music and things like that. And I do use that an awful lot. So I had to do the subscription, but it's handy anyway. You can kind of download uh, music and if you go out of network, you you still have that music to play, which is very handy because I drive in and out to Limerick and a lot of things like that. And there's like a dead space in Croak there. The, the mobile data seems to to go off the grid a bit maybe it's between mass or something like that so there it's very handy to have spotify because it'll just keep playing it has the music kind of pre-downloaded but doesn't take up too much memory so it's pretty good that way and uh it's it keeps playing it's very and it's the just the way the menus is set up and the suggestions it makes if you look for a specific genre a specific song it'll show you other songs in that genre so it is quite handy and it's i think if something is on a subscription but it is genuinely worth it then it's worth it you know oh yeah it is 9.99 at the moment yeah so it's gone up to 12 well it'll be 12.49 for two which is pretty good yeah, so you can have two, but um, I'm generally with my wife, she's using it, so I wouldn't bother with the duo one, because uh, we'd either be listening together, and if she wanted to listen to it, I wouldn't be that bothered, I wouldn't be constantly listening to music, it's just mostly when I'm driving, things like that, so, yeah, so that's coming out, um, that's going to be new, but it is good if somebody actually uses it a lot, and two people who are a couple would be using it at the same time somewhere else in different rooms or something like that it would be handy but like you'd always have music you'd have downloaded or bought or cds or you know yeah most people have like hard drives with music that they've downloaded cds they've burnt onto their hard drives and things like that so they'd be playing music off of that you know i don't think i'd bother with a second subscription but it is there and i'm sure some people will find it handy and it is good value if you're uh, if you're going to do that I'm going to be using it a lot. So I think I'll actually take another song while I'm at it. Um, this is Tech Thursday with Patrick. Michael is out again today. He's not feeling well, but he should be back next week. Uh, I'm going to play a song. Uh, this is Lou Reed's song, but this is a different version of it. This is Perfect Day, and this was from various artists back in the 90s. It was done, I think it was for a charity, and it was. I really like this version. I actually prefer it to the Lou Reed version. Uh, I know that Lee blasphemy, but I prefer it, and I like it. So this is various artists and their version for charity back in the day, back in the 90s. Perfect Day. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Now you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. That was um, various artists' version of uh, Perfect Day, of course, uh, with Lou Reed himself there coming in. I think it was at the beginning and at the end. So, yeah, I really like that version of it. Um, Okay, a bit more news. Apple. Oh, of course, last week we were talking about Google have, are going to have their own streaming game system like Netflix of games. So Apple now are kind of jumping on the bandwagon with a similar kind of thing. They're getting into Apple Arcade, it's kind of called. Uh, it's, uh, the, at the moment, most of the games are free to play and all these add-ons come afterwards. And it is a bit annoying, all right? Like if you download one of these free games and it's ads are popping up, then they're trying to sell you other things, you know, like the... Um, go premium or add-ons and buy weapons and buy bits and pieces and it's just more and more and more and more and that's they feel that they can make more money that way just give you the free game and sell you the stuff later but apple wants to kind of fight that at the moment because their own store is full of it um you know they've kind of created they're the ones that came up with the idea and they've kind of created a monster like they've taken over the ios um 
Marketplace is dominated by scammy timers. Scammy timers? I know what that means. Uh, cheap monetized schemes. Apple Arcade promises dozens of high-quality premium games that will solely focus on entertainment or art, uh, not squeezing money out of the players. Sort of games have struggled to find place in the modern app store. No ads, no lockout timers, no in-app purchases, no always-on internet connections. Yeah, I noticed that actually with some games. I think it was Angry Birds and things. If the internet is off on some of them, they won't work. Which is weird. When you download a game, you should be able to just play the game. Um, so Apple is trying to do away with all that. Uh, pay Apple a monthly fee. and it pr- Everything has fees now, though. It's crazy. And it promises access to 100, 100 titles that won't be available anywhere else. Plus cross-platform, cross-platform play that lets you pick up and play on your Mac, your iPhone, and your Apple TV. All right, so it's cross... Yeah, that's very similar to what Google was announcing last week. Uh, cross-platform gaming. So they're going to stream the games, but uh, these the uh, Apple would be having downloaded games, like a normal store, but a premium version with no add-ons, which is a good idea. Uh, they're investing heavily in the service, not only paying for... Um, paying up for exclusive titles, but actually helping to fund development. Also, they're really they're really um, investing into this. It sounds like an interesting proposal on the surface. A combination of most uh, appealing features of Xbox Game Pass and Nintendo Switch, with its ability to both work on the go and on the big screen. Uh, like other games in the past, when you think about it, right, like the likes of Candy Crush Saga, it has estimated to have grossed three point nine one billion. It's just crazy money that it has earned. And it's all down to... Like, that's a free game, I think, yeah. It's all add-ons and it's all buying money or whatever it is in each game. Clash of Clans, another one that's advertised to the hilt, has made 6.4 billion. Crazy. And would kick off a gold rush of free-to-play games uh, built around similar mechanics. So there'll be games similar to those kind of games. Games that people obviously like to play. But it'll be all free. You just download the game and then play. So Apple is also... They've an, um, another bit... Of, of course, they have a lot of news this week from Apple, yeah. Uh, Apple News uh, is supposed to be the digital equivalent of a newsstand. Oh, yeah. That, that's another new thing that they've um, announced. There, it's the big... Pay- oh, yeah. So what it is, is you you subscribe and you can go in and get all these different magazines, over 300 magazines, um, like the New Yorker, um, celebrity stuff like People magazine. But the service was only able to enlist three major newspapers. The Wall Street Journal, this is in America, of course, uh, Los Angeles Times and the Toronto Star. So they weren't able to get that many. Of course, newspapers, um, of course, want to focus on selling either on their own website or from the shops and from the newsstands. So they weren't so eager to let Apple take over their business. And of course, if they hand over, then they're going to have to hand over a share of their earnings as well, just to be on that service. And I suppose most of the newspapers, bar three, thought it would it wasn't uh, feasible for them to make money. They they better off stay on their own and try to make uh, make the money. So it's all pretty much all magazines on Apple News, which is strange because magazines are usually just weekly or you know they they wouldn't have um, brand new news and things like that. They'd be more magazines would be more something you know you'd have on the doctor's office on the table kind of a thing. So I suppose it'll just have a back catalogue of those. Um, yeah, it could uh, seriously jeopardize uh, Tim Cook's goal of building an all-in-one location for reading news. Yeah, if they don't have all the papers, they're going to have to make it more more feasible for the newspapers to sign up. Even 
make it very cheap for them, you know, where they can actually make money out of it. Uh, and just by having Apple subscription news service, would be they'd be able to make enough out of that, you know. They'll be able to still make profit. At least they'll be... It'll keep people, if they get used to it, and they're they're... I presume this will only be available on Apple products. So it'll keep people buying Apple products if they say, oh, I need it for Apple News. I really like Apple News. I was going to change to Android. I was going to change to something else. But I'm going to stick to my Apple product because I like the, as well as other things, I like the news service. So that's a bit more news from uh, Apple. They have, a, they have a, not a good bit of news this week. You know, they're, they're trying a few different things because the phones aren't going as well as they thought, especially the iPhone XR. Uh, didn't, didn't, it isn't selling as well. They had to bring the iPhone ten back uh, and start selling that again rather than the XR. Um, yeah, so they're, they're try, trying to break out into other... Because companies traditionally have... You know, have arrived, got really big, and then started on a downturn, and then then teetered away or got taken over by somebody else. And they're trying not to. They're, they're, they want world domination. <laughs> they, they don't want to be taken over or go out of business. So they're trying to branch off and start anew in other in other areas as well. Which oh, it might be good in some ways, but it's it's a bit crazy in other ways because you're getting into the territory then that, that they'll have cornered the market and there'll be no competition. You know, and you'll be trapped in in their products potentially, and it'll be very difficult to change and privacy issues and things like that. So, um, Samsung, they've been um, I've been pretty closed off about letting anyone. Oh yes, the Galaxy Fold. So we've been talking about this. It's the it's it looks like a normal phone, but then it folds open into a kind of not quite tablet shape not phone shape it's just kind of something in the middle but they've tried to design the the setup around it where they have like it looks like a normal screen and then like a sub part on the side well it's all one screen but uh it's like the you can have three things at the same time one big and two small on the side and you can drag and drop into others like a multi-screen kind of thing but it's all it's all in one um so they people have been talking about it you know some people have seen videos of there's like a crease in the fold part in the middle and how long is it actually going to last and is this just like um in a rush that they've they just put out this demo uh you know where it should be just an r&d product they should be just developing they should be only giving it to their staff to use it for a year and see how that goes and making changes and things like that so people have been worried about the reliability and this folding is it going to damage the screen folding over and over again so what they did was they released a video of robots folding the phones uh, they're, they're the robots they actually use in the factory to test them and they have folded them they've outlasted 200,000 folds and unfolds which estimates to roughly 5 years of use assuming 100 folds a day uh, although unless you build a folding robot of your own, it's unlikely you won't run into that barrier anytime soon. So it has lasted for five years of, of 100 folds a day. Would that be? That would be even a heavy kind of usage enough, wouldn't it? 100? I'm trying to think how many times would I look at my... Maybe maybe close enough. Some days I would be close enough to 100. So the Galaxy Fold is set to release on the 26th of April, starting at a crazy 1980 uh, dollars, which is the bones of two two grand and over here, 
even though 1980 is probably like 16 or 1700 euro it's probably going to be two grand they always uh, the journey over <laughs> the price goes up for whatever reason um so yeah two grand for the folding phone um i'd like to try it but i wouldn't like to pay for it <laughs> so will we take another bit in music why not or will we take another ad break we'll take another ad break we'll come back to another bit of music and then we'll have some more tech news so we're gonna take an ad break now we're gonna come back with a bit of green day why not a bit of basket case see you after these You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Oh, you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. I'll just turn up my headset there a bit. Uh, you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. Uh, it's my headset's all over the place. It's on and off like mad here. Um, yeah, so I have a bit more news for you. Um, Robocallers. It's a... I was actually watching um, John Oliver's show that was the, the, he puts clips up on YouTube and talking about robocallers now. I don't think it's as big an issue here, but um, in America, pardon me, it's, um, it's quite a big issue that people get annoyed all the time. What it is is pre-programmed um, algorithm, like as in robots calling people to try to sell them something or try to scam them. And you can just set up your computer to ring like a hundred people at the same time. And, um, and it'll ask them questions and it kind of reads their voices and it gives predetermined answers to those and it's trying to sell you things or trying to to scam you or doing different things. Uh, sometimes they're like hired by subsidiaries of companies to try to promote companies and things like that. But the companies have enough distance that they... Uh, that they they can distance themselves from it you know they hire a company that hire that company hires the robo company so they have a middleman you know to 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 get them out of trouble you know that kind of a thing um i it's, i don't think it's as big a problem here but it's massive yeah, as i was saying in america but they've uh, the ftc in america announced that the news that it was um, claiming that the groups made billions of illegal pre-recorded calls to phones across the u.s uh, now they've agreed to pay several million dollars and cease operations. It's a noteworthy step, but it's only one small step to sol- solving the robocall problem. Um, they filed suits against four companies, NetDot Solutions, Higher Goals Marketing, Veterans of America and Point Break Media. Between 2017 and mid-2018, NetDot Solutions licensed an auto-dialing system called uh, Telweb to other robocallers. And a related company called World Connection operated call centers for customers who answered the automated calls. Uh, higher goals pitched fake um, pitched fake uh, debt debt relief services, and Veterans of America allegedly conned people into donating vehicles for fake veterans charity. Yeah, it's terrible, and they 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 pick on people. You know, America America is very patriotic, and you know they they really support their veterans and things like that. And uh, they were taking advantage of that and using these algorithms. I've seen actually a demo of it being used. Uh, the guy set it up, and he had like a hundred phones on the table, and he inputted all those numbers, and just pressed enter, and all the f- all the hundred phones rang at the same time. And if you pick them up, they'd start all you know, all from one computer would start uh, talking to all hundred of them, trying to sell them something, trying to scam them, trying to do different things, and it's crazy. And sometimes some people mightn't even realize that they're talking to a robot because they're so well programmed. And um, the guy tested it out. He said, uh, "Are you a robot?" And it says, "Ha ha! Of course, I'm a person talking to you." And then 
continue talking and then asked again, no, I want to know, are you a robot or not? Of course I'm a person talking to you and it just repeated the same thing over and over again. But uh, it's pretty scary what they can do, you know, those things. So hopefully they'll be able to get rid of that, you know. If the company wants to sell you something, they can ask you themselves or, you know, uh, put it in a search where if you're looking for something, then you can find the company if they have a useful uh, and a, a useful use to you. Uh, and scammers, of course, should be uh, gotten rid of. So, a bit more news about that, um, pardon me, uh, air crash there a few weeks ago. The Boeing 737, there's been a couple of them, of course, the Boeing 737 MAX. Uh, they've been scrutinizing the crashes and trying to determine what happened. And they, they think it might be the flight control system, which is for maneuvering characteristics augmentation system. Uh, it uses sensors and, and can adjust the plane's uh, settings when needed. It pushes the 737 MAX's nose down when it determines the aircraft is about to stall. So it's like an anti-stall system um, to stop to keep the engines running. So preliminary data shows from boat crashes show that the flight crew struggled to take control as the airplanes continue, continually dove after takeoff. So the system was reading that they had to stop it in, stop it from stalling just after takeoff, which was causing them to crash in back down into the runway, which is terrible. Uh, Boeing said the fixes will... Re- oh, yeah, they've been working on fixes, and Boeing have said that they will reduce the crew's workload in non-normal flight situations and prevent erroneous data from causing the system's activa- activation. Oh, yeah, I think, they, I think I might have it written here that they added a second um, sensor. Yeah, they will now compare inputs from two sensors instead of just one. The system is activated by sensors near the plane's nose called angle of attack sensors. The sensors uh, disagree. If they disagree by 5.5% or more, the two different sensors, the, the system will not automatically activate. According to a preliminary report from the first crash in October, a faulty uh, AOA sensor was sending incorrect information to the system. Uh, an indicator on the flight deck display will alert the pilots when the sensors disagree. And up to now, Boeing sold a warning light alerting pilots to a fault as part of an optional package of equipment. And the aircraft involved in the first crash did not have that light installed. So there were options. There should be no... <laughs> when it comes to commercial planes, there, there should be no optional extras. Everything should be involved and that's it. Because... Uh, it's too, unless it's, well, I suppose there'd be different types of flights. There might be cargo planes that might need things like that. There'd be different types, yeah, I suppose, but uh, it's crazy though. But safety-wise, there should be, everything should be standard like that. Yeah, especially because lives have been lost. So, um, more news. Apple again. Apple have been very busy last week. So, Apple, um, they've announced their own credit card. Um, it's uh, no late or international fees up to 3% cash back pay daily and a physical card made of titanium but it's not like a normal card it doesn't have a it doesn't have the the chip and pin or anything like a normal one um, is how you get it how it compares to other cards key information right how do you qualify you need an iPhone to apply for an Apple card oh, this is only in America as well by the way but they've said that they're going to look to go worldwide as well Um They've declined to share the exact credit score range. Oh, you need a good credit uh, score as well. That's the so that's how the system works in America. The it's all credit score system. So um, it has similar variable interest rate to other banks and things like that. 
Um, it's on par with our yeah, credit card. You need an Apple card. Oh, you can use it in three ways. If you choose the, it as a payment source in Apple Pay, then you can use it wherever you normally use Apple Pay, online or through pay sales terminals and other contact or other contact contactless points of service. Uh, the physical card works just like a, reg- a regular chip credit card. However, MasterCard confirmed to the Verge it won't support contactless payments. You can't, uh, so you can't just tap uh, the titanium card to a terminal. Non-Apple related uh, reward max out at 1% cashback per purchase of the physical card. The Apple card doesn't have any numbers, a CCV or anything like that, but uh, you can use, uh, it doesn't have a, oh, it does have a magnetic strip and a chip. If you are paying uh, online at a merchant uh, that doesn't accept Apple Pay, you'll, you'll use a third way to pay, and that is go back to the wallet app and generate those numbers virtually. Also, well, it's kind of safe that way too because it'll generate unique numbers each time. So if you want to use numbers, you can get uh, numbers from Apple itself uh, generated uniquely each time and use those to pay as if you want to type your number and your CCV and things like that. And as I said, you need an iPhone and, and oh, of course, they're working with Goldman Sachs, which is normally not a normal bank that you'd walk into, I don't think. So, yeah, they're working with them. Uh, we're going to take another bit of a break now or a bit, a bit of music and we'll come back with a bit more tech news. This is 21 Pilots and Ride and this is Patrick and Mike will be back next week. So stay tuned to Tech Thursday. <laughs> You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. Now you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. Before I get back to the tech with a bit of announcement here, uh, Mart Cayley in Newcastle West will take place uh, in aid of Down Syndrome Limerick uh, on Friday the 29th of March at 9.30pm in the Long Court House Hotel Newcastle West. The Mountain Road Cayley Band with Con Herbert will, ta- will again be providing the music. A great night for a great cause and all support is greatly appreciated. That's Charity Cayley, March the 29th, which is tomorrow night at 9.30pm in the Long Court House Hotel. So that's something well worth going to and a good uh, charity well worth supporting. So back to the tech news now. Google Podcasts, something I don't, I, I use Podcast Republic. I haven't been using Google Podcasts that much, but Google Podcasts, uh, I do use, I have a subscription, well, it's free, but um, I have um, and I have it set up because the Google Homes that I use are very handy for Google Podcasts. I often play podcasts on Podcast Republic through Bluetooth on the, on the Google Home, but there's downsides to that. You can't just tell it, hey, Google, forward, you know, forward a minute, forward 10, when the ads come on or something like that, and I want to forward them, I can just tell it forward 30 seconds, it'll forward 30 seconds and pass out the ad. So it's very handy. Uh, that doesn't work through Bluetooth. That only works if you're playing the podcast from a podcast app, and the only one that seems to work with it is Google Home or is Google Podcast. So that's what I do. I use Google Podcast and it's fine. It's fine. It works. It actually works really well with that. I don't like it on the phone because the menu and the auto downloads and stuff doesn't work as well. I don't even think it does that. Uh, or it's, it's not as easy to set up as Podcast Republic. So 
I use, but I do use it for the, it's very handy for that. Play the latest episode of the Joe Rogan Experience, something like that, and it'll play it straight away. Forward seven minutes, it'll forward seven minutes. It's very handy. You can tell it what to do on the Google Home speakers. Plus, another big upside is, oh, well, actually, you can do this on um, Podcast Republic. I was going to say is to stream it on all the speakers at the same time. So I have three speakers now set up in my house, the the big Google Home and the two minis upstairs. So, um I can do, if I'm doing a bit of cleaning around the house, I can just set it to home and all three speakers will play at the same time, which is very handy. Um, so so I do use Google Podcast for that a little bit. So they have actually a bit of news this week, when, since I went off the track, uh, but I'm still on track with uh, talking about Google Podcast. So. Um, they said that all the podcasts that they uh, release, they're going to have an algorithm record the or computer program, record the, all the scripts of what is said uh, to have for metadata for searching purposes. So if you're listening to a podcast and in the middle of the podcast they start talking about a, a Porsche car or something like that and you can't remember which one it was, which episode or which podcast or whatever, you can search some of the words that we're talking about and it should be able to help you to find the podcast, make it a little bit easier. So that's a good idea. Well, some people be, might be worried in that it might, if you, if it might be used for censorship or for use for something else. But if it's just used for metadata for search purposes, it's pretty handy. Yeah. So sticking to Google Podcasts, there's another bit of news. Uh, the BBC have pulled a lot of their podcasts off of the Google Podcast app. Because, um, what have they said, uh, instead of uh, dozens you usually get in the past, oh yeah, if you do a search now that you're going to find a lot less because obviously they've they've pulled its offerings from the app, a lot of many of them. Uh, After the tech giant altered its search function to direct viewers to its own service instead of BBC Sounds and other third-party services. BBC were like, uh, they were used to having a fair, you know, if you search for, say, some nature documentary or something, it would give an equal offering of everybody. But now it directs it away from if you search with your with your Google Home, something like that. It'll direct you to Google first and into to all the others after. And they weren't happy with that, so they decided to pull some of their podcasts off of it rather than giving, giving them for free to Google to use. They don't want to do that anymore because Google are not treating them fairly and giving them the their fair shake you know yeah because a lot of these companies nowadays they're more like um they're not really individual companies they're more like whole like having uh there's a word for it like a utility you know so they they i either government legislation comes in or they need to make some kind of a uh their own thing between them before they're they're forced to do it to make it more more open you know that way the the content that's involved because it's people so a lot of people live online and they get everything online you know and they they have they can corner markets and other private companies but they're they're more like utilities and they should be they should be for everybody and kind of have a fair a fair setup because they have they're they're taking over markets you know so um yeah, Apple's new... Oh, Microsoft is asking... Oh, yeah, this is a bit of a Debbie Downer, as they say. Microsoft is asking staff not to do April 1st pranks. 
they said uh, just don't you can do it between yourselves but don't do any uh, public like on Facebook things through the Microsoft accounts or anything like that uh, pranks on people it's just like yeah, that's a bit of crack you know it's a bit of fun uh, I don't know why they're banning that so they're they're think of course this day and age everything is people get insulted by everything or are just looking for something to give out about and they're afraid of Microsoft are afraid of getting in trouble if something is taken the wrong way and people not having a sense of humor nowadays uh, so they decided don't do anything lads there's no room for humor anymore so and other companies are supposed to follow suit are expected to follow suit so that's yeah that's Microsoft now banning senses of humor so Apple's new market expansion ventures this week um, yeah games television and new subscriptions or credit card will bring uh, further to the same controlling space the likes of Amazon Facebook and Google are, st- are staking out consumers increasingly um, giving parts of their lives that have remained uh, de- de- disparate and uncollated un- into a single corporate activity and data silo yeah, so this is kind of an article I was reading and I wanted to talk a bit about it. it was like so many different subscriptions now that it's gone a bit crazy. You know, you could have a list of a hundred different bloody things that you could sign up to at the same time. And uh, it's with Apple now, they're, they're announcing three or four different subscription services. We had Google last week, um, lots of other things like that um, that... You know, we're going to get overloaded with things to subscribe to and have a bit more about that later on in the news. So this was a bit about it, the Apple's ecosystem. If you have an Apple phone and you're signed up with Apple, so it also makes it very hard to change, you know. Uh, and I'm sure with Android, like if I had to transition over to Apple for whatever reason, I'd f- I'd find it very difficult. I have everything kind of set up already as it is, you know, so that'd be crazy. So... PlayStation, speaking of, of another uh, uh, service that's on, it's online, PlayStation State of... Oh, I've just realized the time. It's uh, time for the news, and we're going to pick this up after the news. Load up the news and play, and sorry, it's a few minutes late. I was talking away there and didn't realize the time. So, uh, talk to you more after this. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM. No, you're very welcome back to Tech Thursday. I was just getting into a bit of news there before I had to play the news. So, uh, PlayStation, uh, they've announced, uh, it's called State of Play. It's a live stream broadcast. It's a new way that PlayStation is uh, going to do its announcements for games and other things like that. Uh, of course, a few weeks ago we had Nintendo Direct and X- inside Xbox, uh, they're both going to be doing broadcasting. I suppose they don't want to be... Um, kind of having to use other platforms using youtube and things like that they prefer to have their own uh way of doing it so they can't be you know different things happen with youtube where it gets promoted or doesn't get promoted or they might have to pay to do it they just said look we'll just do it ourselves so that's what they're going to do they've already made a few announcements um marvel's iron man vr on the VR headset, uh, the crash team racing, it's a nitro fuel gets crash uh, nitro cart content. So, oops, sorry about that. Hit the microphone. Uh, no Man's Sky VR, uh, Ready Set Heroes, and Blood and Truth, uh, get, they have get released it. So that's a few announcements they've made so far. And since I'm on the PlayStation and PlayStation VR, 
They've actually, where have I it here? Yes, they're celebrating 4.2 million um, VR sold are about twice as many uh, Sega CD accessories. As many as um, Sega sold their CD accessories. Uh, they have, so of course, uh, a lot more impressively, they've sold 94.2 million PS4s. So 4.2 million of, but of course it is an accessory, so you're not going to obviously sell as many. But um, headsets are always uh, hard to sell because some people find them off-putting and it's not something that you constantly use all the time. Well, I wouldn't anyway. I'd get a bit dizzy or something if I was constantly using it all the time. I have used, the, say, the Google Carbo with my phone and things like that. And I'd use it for a little bit, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour at the most. And that'd be enough, you know. It's like uh, the kind of the Wii sometimes. You'd, you'd play it every so often, but you wouldn't play it every day, you know. Whereas a big gamer would play games every day because it's more easy and it's more, it's less taxing on your system. <laughs> so, yeah, they celebrated um, Milestone. 4.2 million headsets sold. Um, in the comparison, other consoles like the Sega CD or the Kinect uh, motion camera for Xbox 360. Uh it's far less impressive achievement as noted by Ars Technica. There are some important numbers to look at. PSVR or any accessory, how many units it sold and what percentage of total, total consoles. Um, yeah, 94 translates roughly 4.4% of PS4 owners have bought a PSVR headset. Um, yeah, consider the Sega CD uh, sold 2.24 million units to roughly 30.75 million Sega Genesis owners or about half as many uh, PSVRs. Um, proportionally, Sega was able to get nearly twice the number of total uh, Sega CD owners to buy in um, compared to Sony's VR headset with 7.2% of Sega Genesis owners eventually buying a CD attachment. So, yeah, but that's a different type of thing, though, isn't it? The, the, the VR is like a whole different thing. It has its own games, and it's a kind of a different thing altogether. So another cool uh, kind of gadget that came out or uh, tech uh, thing is uh, the Samsung Space Monitor. It's the SR75. It's really cool. It looks like a normal monitor with a stand and... Uh, uh, but it's very handy. It's movable. It goes back and forward. So it's on the stand and the stand is flush. The back of the stand actually is flush with your wall. Say if you have a desk right up against the wall. And what happens is you can grab the the monitor itself on your computer or whatever. And the cable actually fits down through the stand, through the, the, the neck of the stand that attaches to the the screen itself the, to the monitor itself and any cables you have actually fit into that through the stand and go out the back or go out the side wherever you want and what you can do is when it's on the stand and the stand is against the wall it's actually movable the whole thing moves like uh, if you have a bracket on your wall for your tv it works like that where you can push it literally flat against cables don't poke out the back because the cables plug in sideways into the back of the monitor so they don't poke out the back so you can put your whole monitor flush against the wall and take it out of the way and the the, the stand itself is quite flat as well so and if you need to have it close to you then to do work with it or anything else you can pull it forward and it'll tilt forward towards you and you can uh, tilt it up and down 
and I don't think it goes side to side just up and down but it's handy if you need to make a bit of space you can just put it flush against the wall and leave it like that which is very handy that's a Samsung space monitor yeah it has a unique hinge uh, with the cables inside so what other bit of news do we have yes we were talking earlier about subscription fatigue um, you know Recently, I was even thinking to myself that, that, you know, trying to cut back on subscriptions with Sky and um, uh, Spotify and PlayStation Network and so many other different things, the UFC app and things like that to try to cut back. But actually, so many more have been added on that companies are just trying to sell you more. And all these subscriptions are, are becoming ridiculous if you want to, especially if you want to stay up with things like that. Um so and like people also have gym memberships and you know netflix yeah there's this it's becoming uh it's becoming a lot you know and with apple now have three new ones been added and they have already have itunes apple music and all that uh screaming ser- screaming streaming services amazon hulu netflix so people are going to actually have to start deciding which they use the most or which they want and just choose those you know just have a you know one or two for tv and one for music and just decide that that compromises are going to have to make or else they'll be just paying a fortune yeah another bit of news it's it's a bit funny coming from samsung it's a company actually owned it's not samsung directly but it's a company owned by samsung they're making a subsidiary called shale world c-h-e-i-l worldwide they're making a fire vase what is it's a vase it looks like a glass it looks like um almost like a a glass within another glass like the ones you use to for the drinks to keep them warm like a thermos kind of thing a layer within another layer but the the inside part is full of a liquid and under normal circumstances it just works away as a normal vase but actually that liquid helps to put out fires so if you have a fire and it's funny because it's made by samsung and samsung had the problem with the exploding phones and the the phones that went up on fire so it's funny that a subsidiary company there is actually making thing for putting out a fire so this phase you keep it in your house um if a fire happens you can literally throw the vase at the fire and it the liquid has built in is is specifically designed to to i presume to starve it of oxygen puts the fire out so that's very handy they've sold over um Dizine is the is the name of the the operating name of the company they've sold a hundred thousand fire vases uh they were originally um produced as part of a publicity campaign to promote the use of home fire extinguishers in South Korea, but they're becoming so popular now that they're actually starting to make more of them uh they're making produ- producing two hundred thousand more vases so um less than sixty percent of households in the country uh currently own one. And this has become so popular that they're they're helping to bring up the percentage of houses with um, fire extinguishers. And in, in its own way, it's a little, I presume it'll only be, you know, there's different types of fire extinguishers for different types of fires, like an oil fire with water wouldn't work very well and things like that. So I don't know specifically which the fire vase works with, but uh, it's better to have one anyway, though. So that's really good. 
So, oh, we only have five minutes left. So have I any other stories I want to get through before I play my last bit of music? Uh, oh, yeah, EA Games, they're laying off 350 of its 9,000 employees uh, in Japan and in Russia. Uh, gaming is changing a lot, of course. It's a lot of online gaming, which is very bad for me because I'm, I'm more of a campaign, one-player game. I don't really play online games much. Uh, they even scrapped a Star Wars single-player game that they had planned um, because of this, which is an awful pity for me because I love those games like The Force Unleashed and games like that. So that will be a big disappointment for me. Um, also, um, yeah... Yeah, so that's that's pretty much the last of the news. So what I'm going to do now is play a bit of music to play you out. And do you know what? It's a sunny day. I'm going to play something from a bit upbeat from the Sun Club. And this is Splash. And I'll see you guys next week. Hopefully I'll be back with Mike. And I'll see you next week. You're listening to Tech Thursday on West Limerick 102 FM.